Amen. I know you at home, you toe tapping, you hand clapping, you just having a good old time because you can never forget all that God has done for you. Come on. I know people may be looking at you crazy through your window, but you go ahead and you give God a shout of praise for all that he's done. This that feel good music. This that make you want to dance music. This that make you want to shout music. So go ahead and give you 10 seconds to give you God some praise. Grab a notebook, grab a fan, grab something and just clap. Oh yeah, this is the hope of experience. Hope at home, hope anywhere that we serve a God that is right where you at. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise. Woo! I know the Spirit of God is in this place, and I'm believing by His presence. It is right where you are at at this very moment. I know we're going to have fireworks going off tomorrow, have a barbecue and all that, but I am grateful and glad that we get to first give God our praise for he's the first one that saved us and gave us our independence. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, good morning, Hopewell. Good morning, Hopewell. If you are wondering where is that bald-headed preacher, Pastor Swims for the month of July. If you know anything about Hopo, this is his month where he rests. And we allow him the space to just sit back and to hear from the Lord so that he could come back with fresh vision, fresh word, and fresh power. So I am so happy to announce that for the month of July, I'm kicking things off this Sunday. But we have a powerhouse list of guest speakers and guest preachers that is going to be bringing you a word, please do not miss a single Sunday because there is a dynamic word from the Lord. But we will be back in person next Sunday, July 10th, right on time at 10 a.m. Please join us back in person or join us online next week, Sunday at July 10th at 10 a.m. And as a reminder, it's the holiday. There is no more uh, morning prayer call, Monday morning prayer call, tomorrow, the 4th of July. Enjoy the time with your friends and family. And please do not forget to sign up for VBS. We need every Hopewell member to sign up and to take place. We are glad to be back in person with VBS and we want to make sure we do not miss a beat and we continue to hit the ground running to bring impactful ministry to the community here in Carbondale. Amen? Well, amen. I'm not going to belabor the moment. You might be getting those ribs ready and getting that chicken marinade and everything all ready for the barbecue on tomorrow. So let's jump right into the word. Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for this time, dear God. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray, dear God, that you, you, God, you have your way, dear God. I pray you make me invisible, dear God, that my words are not my words, but it is your word, dear God. Allow them not to see me, but to see you, dear God, and to see the cross, dear God. I pray that you anoint this time, dear God, anoint this moment, be with us and go before us in all things, dear God. It's in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
and amen, amen. Giving honor to the shepherd of this house, Pastor Swims in his absence, and the first family, First Lady Brittany, and the Swim sisters, we love you and we send you our love and regards to my own family, my beautiful queen, and my four children. I love you as well, and I am so grateful for this time here. Today, I want to talk and bring this illustration to life. If, if you've ever watched, growing up, I, I love sports. There was this particular sport that my father really liked. He loves track and field, loves it. And I ran cross country when I was a kid, and, and it was a great sport. I liked the freedom of it, just to run and be free. But when you get to a, a, a certain level, like the Olympics or more professional running, they chase records. They chase to have the best and the fastest time. And so what happens is in a marathon, in this race that they have, they have what's known as the pacemaker. Now the job of the pacemaker is, his or her job is to run the race and to set the pace. So meaning if the world record time was two hours for a marathon, that he would run as fast as he can to set the pace that everyone would be chasing after the pacemaker. This was a very important job because it led to championships. It led to gold medals of setting the pace. But it had me to ask and think and wonder the question in this race called life, how do we keep the pace? How do we keep up with all that life has and its road bumps and its detours? Can we keep the pace? So today's message is simply titled, Keeping the Pace. Keeping the Pace. As we look at one of our texts here in Hebrews 12 verse 1, we see the words of Paul written here, and it's going to help us answer this question of how do we keep the pace? It says here in Hebrews 12 and 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. I have to look at that. And the beginning part that he starts off with is that we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses. When I'm understanding that I'm in this race and I'm running this race called life, I have to understand that I have to follow those that follow Christ. See, the problem is that a lot of us in this journey of faith, in this marathon of faith, in this marathon of life, we do not watch the company that we keep. We're wondering why is the race so hard. We're wondering why we can't make it to the end. We're wondering why we feel like we want to give up. Why? That's because we're running with people that are not keeping the pace. They are dragging us down. They are dragging us behind. And we have to understand that Paul says that we're surrounded by a huge cloud of witnesses. Who is in your company? Who is that that you do life with? Because you got to understand, are the people that are running the race with you, are they pushing you forward? Are they helping you keep the pace? Are they encouraging you in faith? Or are they people that are dragging you down, that are asking the question, why are you still running? Why are you still fighting for that marriage? Why are you still staying at that job? Why, why, why? Instead of those that are keeping the pace with you and pushing you forward. We see he gives us the instruction, huge crowd of witnesses. But then he says something key. Let us strip off every weight that slows us 
down. Strip off every weight that slows us down. That caught me thinking that I remember when I go to travel. And sometimes we have, you may not be this person, but you overpack and you stuff your suitcase and you put more outfits and more shoes. And you said, you know what, let me bring the blow dryer. Let me bring the hair dryer. And you now have all these things and you end up being overweight. And the problem happens that when you bring and lug that luggage and you put it to check in, they weigh it on the scale and they say, sir or ma'am, that's too heavy. You have too much that you're carrying with you. Now either you have to pay a fee or you have to leave something behind. We have to see here (coughs) that what slows us down in this race that keeps us from keeping the pace is that we have too much baggage. We are carrying emotional weight. We are carrying mental weight. We are carrying all these life's weight that we don't have to carry. Look, you may have certain weights. You may have idols. You'd be like, idols? What? This ain't Moses and the Ten Commandments. We're not making an idol to Baal. But do you not know that our hearts are idol-making factories? What do you mean? You know that you don't need to eat that snack right before you go to bed. But because you have an idol in your heart for food, You do that. You know you don't need to be at the gas station getting that drink. But because you have an idol in your heart, you do those things. We need to see that we can lay aside these life weights. Some of us, some of us, it may not be idols, but you run your mouth. I'm glad there's no one in the building. I don't have to see your face looking at me. But you know it. You can't wait to get online and social media and talk about somebody. You can't wait to get to the job and gossip about somebody. Some of y'all have weights of anger you just pop off at the littlest thing you could be at the light and it turns green and one second later you're honking your horn and waving that single digit at somebody in front of you you have these weights some of us are just selfish oh we don't care about nobody or nothing but ourselves we don't want nobody to do nothing for us we could do it all for ourselves if we have to help somebody why help somebody when I can help my Some of us have selfishness and then some of us is just petty and jealous. You just do no good for no reason. Why do you carry these weights when all they do is burden and weigh you down? We see that Paul yet again gives us this answer in Galatians 5 and 16. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You have to understand that in this race called life, what keeps you back from keeping the pace is that you are having a war on the inside. We have the spirit of God that is leading us and guiding us and teaching us but then we have the weights of flesh and life and we have to get to the point where we lay those things down. Sometimes it just requires letting go 
But yet we hold on to those things. We keep hold of them because why? They feel comfortable. Oh, we're not going to lie. They feel good. It feels good when we get to feed our selfish and sinful desires. But when we get to that place that we see that the freedom that God has for us, it simply comes in letting go. It simply comes in laying those things aside and trusting God that you can keep the pace but he doesn't stop there with just laying aside every way. He goes on and he gets specific about it. <coughs> I love that about Paul and I love that about the Bible. That God is just not going to just tap on the door. He's going to walk right in and expose every single area. The text goes on to say not only just to lay aside every weight, but especially the sin that so easily trips us up Ooh, it's not just the weight but he's saying hey examine your heart there's that sin that you have on the inside that sin that you keep running back to oh you know what it is I'm not going to put you on blast but you have that thing that you keep going back to and it's that one that easily gets you can you get to a place of spiritual maturity when you identify that thing and you say, God, I want to keep the pace. I want to run this race and not give up. So God, help me with that specific sin. The thing about it is, is why it slows us down is because we so easily ignore it. We so easily try to be like, well, it's not that bad. People don't know about it. It's my secret sin. I don't have to tell no one about it. But God says, I've examined your heart. And I've looked and I've seen that you can't keep up. And you're wondering why you have all these issues. Leave that alone. We carry all these sins. And it's almost like we're trying to run this race, but we're not equipped. See, what we have to realize is sometimes we can't keep pace because we have on the wrong equipment. My God, my God, my God. It's almost like you're at the starting line and you're getting ready to start. But instead of getting ready to run this race, you have on football equipment. You have on a big old helmet. You have on shoulder pads. You have on football cleats. And you're trying to run a race. You're trying to run a marathon, but you can't keep the pace because you have on the wrong equipment. So I love it still. Paul has an answer. Paul has an answer in Ephesians 6 and Ephesians 6 gives us the solution it says therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. It says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes with the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When we are running this race, we have to be equipped. So what is this equipment? It says the belt of truth. Guess what, fellas, and especially young fellas, I know y'all may not believe, understand what a belt is, but a belt is a key essential item that holds everything together. Before your glory of the Lord is exposed, a belt keeps things tight. So we need God's truth so that our 
our lives will not be exposed to the lies of the enemy. We need God's truth, that belt of truth, to keep everything together. Why? Because in this race, we need the right equipment. Not only that, we need the armor of God's righteousness. Righteousness simply means being honest, good, and humble, being right with God. But guess what? This breastplate of righteousness, think of it as a body armor or a body vest. It covers your vital organs. It covers your heart. It covers your lungs so that when you get hit or get an attack, you are covered. But why are you covered? You're covered by the righteousness of God. That means his righteousness will keep you covered and protected. But it goes on and says, hey, you need the right shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. I love the illustration of this, that peace are on the feet. Why are peace on the feet? Because peace will take you where you need to go. And with it, you're bringing the good news of the gospel. So now you are going into this race with the gospel on your feet. And you're spreading the good news. But that peace does something else. Peace gives you a sure foundation. When you have peace, you have assurance that you know everything's going to be all right. How do you keep the pace? It takes having peace. Peace of mind. Peace of heart. Peace in your life. Peace in the environment around you. Keeping the peace will help you keep the pace. It goes on to say that this equipment we need, this spiritual armor in this race of life that we need, we need to hold up the shield of Faith. I love that because faith is being sure that God will keep his promises, having that shield of faith to stop the attack of the enemy. But if you know, you really know that the devil can't get you once you have faith because you're trusting and believing. But what I love even more, the shield that they had in Paul's time was just not a little shield that you held up on your arm. It was a shield that you were able to place and it would cover your whole body. That means faith gives you full coverage protection. That means you don't have limited liability. That means you are covered from any attack that may come around you. Why do you need this? You need faith to run this race of life. But it goes on. And we're fully covered because it says put on salvation as your helmet. Guess what? We have a battlefield that is going on in our minds. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. But in prayer and supplication and everything, give thanks. What do you have to do? You have to cover your mind. What covers your mind is the fact that we have the salvation of the Lord on our side. That means that we know that Jesus, you died and you rose with all power in your hand, and you saved me. And because you saved me, I'm covered. If I'm at home and I call 911, I need to know that help is on the way, that my salvation is on the way. But once I make the call and they say, we're on our way, sir, don't you worry. Now all doubt is gone. Now all worry is gone. Now all fear is gone. Why? Because my salvation is coming unto me. So when we run this race, do you have in mind knowing and understand that that you are a sinner who is saved by grace, that you have salvation on your side. That means no matter what happens, you win. This, this is important 
to know that we are equipped and we have on the right equipment in this race that we are fully equipped and we got God's covering on us because this is going to help us keep the pace. But as we go back to the text, we see it says, it continues on as we go back to the text in Hebrew. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let us run with endurance. I love it. Some translations say run with patience. But the problem is that's a word, that's one of those Christian curse words. We don't like that word too much. Why? Because to have endurance, to have patience, it means like, man, I don't like this because it takes too much. You mean I got to wake up and go to church on Sunday morning? I already been to work Monday through Friday waking up early. You, you mean I got to read my Bible? What do you mean I got to live righteous? I, what is this holiness and sanctification? What are these things? It takes this work and we don't like it if we're honest. We struggle with the race of life of keeping it up because to endure in a thing means that I have a human responsibility. And that part where it says, like you said, your translation may say, run this race with patience. We don't like waiting. We are a microwave society. I could go home and put something in the microwave. In two minutes, I have a meal. I could go home and put something in the I could go to McDonald's and get that meal quicker than I can cook it. We don't like waiting. And then it goes on to say, run the race with endurance, the race that God has set before us. Here's one that we really don't like. The truth of the matter is we don't like when someone tells us what to do. We don't like when God has his path and his plan set before us and we say, well, God, I want to do it this way. God and the Holy Spirit says, go left. And we say, well, no, I want to go right. God says, no, don't get into that relationship. Don't take that job. But we say, no, but God, but God, what if, what if? It looks so good. It sounds so great. We do not like to face the reality that in certain things in life, we have no control. So because of that, we rebel. So because of that, we slow down and we don't keep up the pace. And we wonder why we're not seeing the success. We're not seeing the favor of God. We're struggling. <clears throat> so yeah, that sounds good. I'll put on the armor. I'll do this, but guess what? I'm still not keeping up. I'm still struggling to keep the pace. Well, we go to our second text, and let's see what Paul has to say in Philippians 3. I believe it's going to help us just a little bit more. Okay. We see in Philippians 3 and 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. What is Paul talking about here? Paul was laying down a list of all his attributes and all the things that he was great at and all the things that he's good at. And he's trying to let us know that, hey, I'm still not saying that I've reached it. Paul's saying, I'm still struggling with keeping the pace. And I, and I have to say that we struggle like Paul because it's from one or two things. On one thing, we think that we're better than everyone else. We think that in this race, oh, no one can keep up with me. No one can do what I do. No one can see what I do. No one can say what I say. No one can sing like me, preach like me. No one can do hair like me. We think we're so much better than everyone else. Or we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Or we think so low of ourselves that we think everyone else is better than us. Well, I'll never be as good as them. 
I'll never be able to get the accolades and the achievements and the praise that they get because I can't do it that good. Oh, if I try, I'm just going to mess up. So I won't say nothing. I won't give them my suggestion. I won't even try. I won't even try to keep the pace. We need to see, as Paul is trying to show us in Philippians 3, that it's not about these things. He says in 3.7, all these things in life that he listed off, he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when it comes compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Paul is saying that in order to keep up the pace, in order to make it through this race of life, these things that we once thought valuable are nothing but garbage. The King James Version says that it's nothing but dung. But feces, this is how it doesn't matter of what we go through in life. None of that matters when you realize and that you see that everything is worthless in keeping the pace. Are we able to humble ourselves, to submit ourselves, and to say, okay, God, any idea that I have, any thought that I have, anything that I possess or that I own, any qualities that I may be good at, anything anybody may like about me, everything is simply worthless. Why? Because it doesn't compare with just the infinite value and knowledge of knowing you, just simply knowing you, Jesus just simply having you in my life. That's the thing that matters to me most. That's the thing that I crave for and I want most. When we are able to see that, that nothing else matters. The car you drive, the clothes you wear, the house that you live in, the job you have, nothing matters. Catch this. When we see life as trash, we see Christ as our treasure. It is that simple. When we look at the things in life that it means nothing, that it is pure trash, pure rubbish, pure dung, and we see Christ as our treasure, that's when we're able to have a change of heart and to keep the pace. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. He says, I press on to possess the perfection. Guess what? We have nothing. Christ has everything. And in everything, he is perfect. And for which Christ, but catch this, first possessed me. What Paul realized, that in keeping pace, he needed to have the same fire he first had. What does that mean? Oh, it's like when you see a newborn baby. Oh, you just get filled with such, oh, look at the baby. It's so cute. It's so amazing. 
It's so awesome. And just wait till they turn 13 or 14 and then they start getting on your nerves and talking back and do everything. You lose that little bit of fire and passion that you have. Oh, it's like that new relationship. Oh, y'all up on the phone talking all night, baking cakes, going out on dates and doing everything. But then years later, months later, it dies off and you don't have that same butterflies anymore. But can we get back to the place where we press on for the perfection which is in Christ when he first loved us? When we get back to that place when we first believe, can you or do you imagine when you first accepted Christ into your life and how he created such a change, how you had that fire and you had a passion and you had something burning on the inside that you just couldn't contain? This is what Paul is talking about here, that he wants to press on for the perfection of Christ Jesus first when he first possessed us when he first loved us and cared about us and thought about us this is what we press for this is what should help us keep the faith can we have that mental fortitude to remind ourselves look what the Lord has done there's a point in a race where a runner is running and mentally their body starts to tell them you're tired. Mentally the body starts to tell them let's quit and let's give up. But there comes a place where it's called pushing through the wall or breaking through the wall where you tell your body, body, I know you're tired. You tell your mind, mind, I know you're tired, but I have to press on. I have to keep on keeping on. And it's at that moment where you find a newfound strength. It's at that moment where you have a newfound mindset, where you're able to continue to run the race and you push through. <coughs> Can we be like Paul here in Philippians where we see that in this race of life that we push through, we press on. Why? Not because of our own strength, but to possess the perfection that's in Christ Jesus. It goes on to say in verse 13, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I Focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I read that and I see that and I'm like, there is so much power in this scripture here where it says I focus on one thing. He is not distracted. He is determined. He has one singular focus, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. The thing about a runner is a runner has to have focus because as they're running the race, you have people that are running behind you, that are trying to catch up to you as you're keeping the pace. And the problem happens in life that as we're running, we have a tendency to look back. We have a tendency to look back. And in looking back, it slows us down because we have to turn and stop. But can we get to the place where we have spiritual amnesia that leads to spiritual victory? Where we have spiritual amnesia that leads to spiritual victory. Where we focus on one thing. We forget the path. That means the mistakes. That means the trauma. That means the sin. That means everything that you have is now in the real 
rear view mirror and you are focused and moving forward and trusting God can we keep the pace and focus on the one thing that's in front of us and ahead of us we need that spiritual amnesia I love it the prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah 43 18 and 19 he says but forget all that that's what he says but forget all that it is nothing compared to what I am going to do this is what the word of God is saying he is letting you know that on this July 3rd that no matter what has happened in your life the past is the past can you forget all that that means it is nothing nothing compared to what I am going to do for I am about to do something new can you feel it can you see it that God is calling you forward in this race God is not calling you back he's telling you to press on to look ahead because he's about to do something new this is a moment where you need to stop and say God I thank you that my past is the past I thank you that my past is behind me I thank you that my mistakes everything I've done the Bible says he takes our sin and throws them in a sea of forgetfulness that means that the things that people around you try to remind you of that's not you anymore so how dare you focus on your past what you need to do is focus forward forget all of that I love it because he ends it with this see I have already begun what you fail to realize is that that new thing in your life God has already started to position and put the places in there but all you have to do is focus forward the reason you can't see it is you still stuck looking back but God says if you just look ahead you are going to see what I have already begun do you not see it he's questioning you do you not have the spiritual armor do you not have the runners focus can you keep the pace to see what God is trying to do in your life but I hear you you're not even in the comments saying anything you may have paused and you came back to this on Tuesday or Wednesday after the holiday and you're saying okay well God I heard it but I still I'm struggling with keeping the pace I still feel like I'm not good enough. And I, 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 this may not be <laughs> the right thing to say, but here's the truth. You're probably not good enough. You, you, you can't keep the pace. See, this race is like life, and around every corner there's a new obstacle, there's a new distraction. We try to keep up, but we can't, and we keep getting turned around. We keep slowing down. You can never keep up the pace enough to win the race. So what do we do, preacher? You're not helping me. You're making me feel worse. So, but I, I had to, I had to. I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, well, God, how do we keep the pace? How do we keep the pace? And I'm reminded back of what we talked about in the beginning, that the 
there is a pacemaker that leads the race, that sets the pace, that sets the tone. But, 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 but what we fail to realize and what some people don't know that track is not just a singular sport. Track is actually a team sport. When you get to a high level like the Olympics, you're not just representing yourself, you're representing your country. So what does that mean? That we come into this race and this race called life trying to win an individual award. And sadly, we can never keep the pace. But it's only when we realize that, hey, we're not the pace keepers. We don't keep the pace. Jesus is our pacemaker. Jesus is the one that keeps the pace. Why? Because he goes on to say in the text, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. When you realize that you are not in this race and running it by yourself but Christ Almighty has set the standard. Christ Almighty has set the pace. So as you're running, you are chasing a goal and you are chasing a man that is perfect in all his ways, that will not slow down, that will not falter. He is the pacemaker. He is the one that you chase after and by chasing him, you can reach the end. You press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. It says through Christ Jesus is calling us. How is he calling us? He's calling us because he already finished the race. He already finished the race and he is there waiting on you at the finish line with open arms ready to say well done my good and faithful servant. So if you can continue on you don't gotta keep the pace. Just chase the pacemaker but guess what that's not it like a good father he is still there with our reward let's jump back to Hebrews 12 it says this we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith how do we keep the pace we keep our eyes on Jesus we keep our eyes on the king oh I see y'all still struggling don't get it <laughs> there's a wonderful thing in running or even in driving that whoever is running the lead they are running the pace and when it comes to championships and world record time, it comes down to a fraction of a millisecond. So when you're running outside, you have the opposing forces of nature that are still coming against you. So whoever is in the lead, they are taking the brunt of the wind if it's blowing in their direction. But if you run behind that person, that's called drafting. That means they are breaking the wind and you are able to move faster with less stress and less pressure. Imagine this, you're driving behind the truck and it's windy but if you position yourself behind the truck the wind now passes by you the wind now passes over you what are you saying for I'm saying as we press on towards the mark as we chase Jesus he's in the lead breaking everything that's in front of us that all we have to do is run behind him so if I'm able to stay in the master's hand if I'm able to follow behind King Jesus that means he is leading the way and setting the pace he is our gold he is our mark so all you have to do if you're struggling in this race called life let go and trust God let go and follow God let go and let him lead the way trust him with your whole heart lead not to your own understandings in all your ways acknowledge him and he will he shall he must direct your path 
Jesus, he is our pacemaker. Jesus is how we keep the pace. So saints of God, as you celebrate this time off, as you celebrate this nation's independence, understand and know that before all that, before any of that even matters, what matters is that Jesus has already finished the race. Jesus has already went before you. And since he's already went before you, all we have to do, we no longer are in charge of keeping the pace, but we now follow the pacemaker. We now follow the path that he has set before us. So we have a complete assurance in knowing and believing that the race is one. You can make it. You can endure on. Why? Because Jesus went before you. A perfect man, a perfect God had already done all the work and he's completed that thing. And because he's completed that, catch this, he left something behind. He left his presence behind. He left his spirit behind. He left his word behind. So if we be like David and follow after God, follow after the statues of God, and devote our heart to it. He is there waiting for you. Standing at the finish line. Telling you, my son, my daughter, you've run well. You've run the race. You've kept the fight. Now here is your reward. Enjoy the joy of the Lord. When you get tired, guess what? I have my strength to give you. When you get weak, I have my peace to give you. When you get lost, I have my spirit to guide you. That he has everything that you need. Oh, come on. I dare you right where you're at to acknowledge and thank God for being your pacemaker. I dare you right where you're at to take a moment and acknowledge and thank God. God, I thank you for running the race before me. God, I thank you for setting the pace ahead of me. God, I thank you for making it not too difficult for me. I thank you for making life not too hard for me. But by trusting you, by keeping up with you, I know everything will be all right that's the faith that we have and that's the blessed assurance that we have come on right we at give god a hand clap of praise thank him for being the pacemaker thank him for being the pace setter <coughs> thank him for being the one who's in lead and who's in charge amen 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 i pray i pray that this word has been a blessing, but not only has it been a blessing, as you share this message online, as you tag somebody in it, there may be someone who's running this race of life. And you realize, you realize that I'm tired. You have to be honest with yourself that you are tired. There's no water, there's no Gatorade, there's nothing that could replenish or give you back your strength. But can you in this moment say, okay, God, I want to acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I want to give my life to you right now, even online, right where you're at. You could put a message in the comments. You could email our prayer team. The alerts are going up. The notifications are going up. And you could say, what must I do to be saved? Click the link. Respond or send us a message or a DM. And we will pray with you. We will be there with you. And we will walk you through this thing called life. And we will show you that, hey, we're not keeping the pace. We're just following the one who set the pace. 
And he could do that same exact thing for you. That we understand and know that, hey, you may be saying, man, I, I, I need to have a cloud of witnesses around me. Just like Paul was talking about. Well, you can become a member of Hopewell as well. You could join with us. We know that you may have been watching for a while. We may know you may have been thinking of coming in for a while, but why don't you make it permanent? And go ahead and shoot us a message and say, hey, I want to become a member of the well. I want to be at that place where his spirit never runs dry. So if any of those requests touched or pricked your heart, just go ahead. Shoot us a message online. Email us at, prayer, at our prayer team email. That's up. Hopewell at prayerteam.org. You can contact us in any way, and someone will be there to help you run this race called life with you. I know we're not in the building right now, but can we, where you're at, put some praise hands in there as we're clapping in expectation. You don't know who may be emailing. You don't know who may be contacting someone, but we are believing and trusting God that he is going to do his work because he is a great and awesome God. He'll do it. He'll do it. I know he'll do it. Come on, thank God for that. Thank God for what he's doing and what he's done because that is our goal. That is our aim to bring more into the body of Christ, to join more into the body of faith. So God, we thank you for the work that you're doing. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. Well, we've come to the point in service where everyone has an opportunity to participate. Um, it's coming up on the screens now. You will see it four ways to give, four ways to give. It should be up on your screen shortly. We are so grateful for that. You have multiple ways. And I challenge you, I know you may be thinking, oh, I spent all my money on burgers and hot dogs. Before you do that tomorrow, don't forget to go ahead and be faithful to God in your giving um, through your tithes and through your offering. You have multiple ways. You can download the Hopewell app through the Google Android store or through uh, the app store on iOS devices. All you got to search up is Hopewell MB. That's it. Search Hopewell MB. You'll find a safe and secure way to give. We've made it even easier. You could go ahead and text Hopewell MB to 77977. Just get on your phone, put in the address 77977, put Hopewell MB in the message, and boom, you'll get alerts on how to sign up to have a safe and secure way to give. You can even go online to www www.hopelmb slash giving hopelmb slash giving or just come to the house drop it off here next week when we're back in the building or put it in our mailbox at 400 East Main Street in Carbondale, Illinois so let's please be faithful we know it's easy to forget about giving when we're not in the building but please be faithful in your giving with your tithes and your offerings amen Amen, amen, amen. Well, as you're already sending that in and your seat is going forth, just a few more reminders before I let you get back to your celebration of your Independence Weekend. Just a reminder, there is no prayer call tomorrow morning. No prayer call tomorrow morning. Um, we'll have midweek refresher. Our Bible study will be back on this Wednesday. We'll be back in person next week, July 10th at 10 a.m. And please, please, please do not forget to sign up for VBS. Well, I pray... 
I pray that this Sunday morning has been a blessing. Remember, we got power-packed preachers coming for the rest of the month that are going to take us higher. So please tune in or come and join us for in-person worship here at the well. You know what we do and how we always say, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Let's pray over our offering and go in peace. Father God, we thank you for this time. Be with us. Cover this offering. Cover the people that give us. Keep us safe this holiday week and those that may be traveling far and from home, dear God. We thank you for this. We celebrate you. Cover us mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. And these things we ask in your precious son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And be blessed.